Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. This is Sports Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 and 1240 KFH. He's got all the insight on what you want to know and maybe some of what you don't want to know. Here's K-State insider Tim Fitzgerald. All right, welcome back, everybody. Sports Daily on KFH. You'll hear the K-State Wildcats take on UCF Saturday night right here on KFH. Fitz, uh, welcome in. How are you today? A Thursday, a loss, the first loss of the season Everything good up there, Manhattan? Things are good. I'm trying to see who's going to be playing on Saturday. They had some key injuries at Mizzou, but we'll find out um, maybe around kickoff time. So it's going to be an interesting Saturday at the Bill. All right, Fitz, uh, let's start with the latest on who's playing. Uh, We know Daniel Green won't. We'll get to him in just a little bit. Uh, There's a lot of injuries to deal with. Everything looks you know, okay from a brutal injury report, except we don't, we're not a hundred percent sure on Will Howard, but he played through the injury in that game is, I mean, how real do you think the chances that he can't go against UCF? Um, fairly real. I mean, I think he, he, uh, from what I'm told, it's mostly just very severe bruising, uh, to the point where it's, you know, in the joints and that kind of thing. Uh, and the fact that they have next week off, uh, leading into the kind of the heart of the Big 12 schedule might lead you to believe that um, he'll be maybe on a snap count or won't play or, you know, if he is healthy, it'll be kind of amazing to you know watch how long he can go because it seems like that's something that could really, you know, just get uh, hit again and, and cause more issues. But I'm, I'm not going to be surprised one bit if Avery Johnson starts and, um, maybe Will Howard's available if things don't go well, but uh, I think they might have to go with Avery Johnson, but we'll find out. And we really aren't sure, and, and for obvious reasons, are protecting that information pretty tightly. We know what Avery Johnson can do, Fitz. Uh, how does the offense overall, in your mind, change when Johnson potentially starts a game rather than coming in as kind of a change-of-pace guy? Yeah, it, it really brings in the quarterback run threat. Um you know, to a very high degree. This is a, one of the better athletes on the team that just happens to play quarterback, and he can throw the ball, but um, someone has told me he actually timed the third fastest time in the on the entire roster, uh, and that's impressive for a quarterback. I, I think what they're facing against a uh, UCF defense that likes to attack, and then 
light of the fact that the last two defenses have had some success attacking the, the K-State offensive line and really pressuring that line of scrimmage. Uh, we saw him have some effect at Missouri where he can make one guy miss and then he's into the next level. Uh, so, you know, the question becomes, uh, will it be effective him running the ball? And two, will he hold up through the course of a game? Because we know he can run the ball. He's proven it at the high school level, but the hits come a lot harder at this level as Will Howard, you know, what happened to him explains last week. Fitz, uh, Daniel Green. It just you could tell yeah. the emotion from coach, from the players. He's been there a long time. Might be the end of his K State career. Although I don't think that's a, yeah. a a total, you know, foregone conclusion at this point. But just just give us a little insight on you know, like the emotional. T- Obviously, he's a great player, but the emotional yeah. toll seems pretty heavy for Daniel Green missing the rest of this season. Yeah, on occasion. Uh, one of these injuries uh, and how it impacts the entire story of the player athletes, such as, um, you know, what happened to Skylar Thompson. We all visibly saw Chris Kleiman's reaction. It's the same thing. Here's a kid that's just fighting to have a healthy season. Came back. You know, we thought he was gone two years ago, and he came back to help the team win a Big 12 championship and did that even though he was injured all of last season playing through those difficulties now to see an even worse injury in his sixth season is, is awful. I know coach Kleiman is very upset about it. Uh, and it's, you know, it seems like the person handling it the best from what Kleiman said is Daniel green. I mean, this is a, a young man. that's just really become uh, really put together in terms of his outlook on life. And, and uh, he's, he's a great leader and he's handling it like a champ. We'll see if he wants to, you know, try to apply for that medical hardship in a seventh season. I just, someone tweeted at me, there's a tight end, I can't remember where it is on his ninth season due to injuries. I didn't even know it was possible. Um, so it's it's going to be more to the story, but uh, it's really sad to see him go out and compounding the problem uh, for K-State is his backup, Jay Clifton, was injured in the opener and probably won't be available till maybe Oklahoma State at the soonest or Texas Tech. So, uh, it's it's kind of a thinned out spot where, like quarterback, they might have to turn. They will be turning to a true freshman in Austin Romaine at that spot and see if he can hold up. He's looked pretty darn good in his limited time on the field. Let's talk a little bit about the mentality of this team after the game on Saturday against Missouri. I mean, just the not only the way the game played out, I mean, that was a big part of it, but then also the way the game ended with the walk-off field goal and and all of that. I mean, just a just a kind of a wild sequence of events and, and the way that the game ended. As the team heads back to Manhattan after that game, and then in preparation for UCF this weekend, in your mind, what is the mindset of this team and how do they respond after not only losing against Missouri, but in the way that they did? Yeah. You know, last year they, they were absolutely stunned by Tulane. We knew Tulane was good, but we had no idea how good Willie Fritz's team would turn out to be last season, winning the American, beating USC in the Cotton Bowl, and maybe beating K-State made that all possible and really got them cooking. Uh, but K-State's credit, they went to Oklahoma and won. Uh, and Chris Kleiman's teams have a history of bouncing back from these defeats. And so we'll see if this group can answer. They're, every group of kids is a little bit different. Uh, you know, as I mentioned up top, this loss is a little bit different because there's, you know, been a, a team leader that has been lost for the season, and I think it hit the locker room pretty hard. So they're going to have to get 
get back up and, and get going, um, you know. And on top of that, we have mentioned Treshawn Ward, the running back transfer from Florida State, who had, had his moments in the first three games, is also injured and doubtful for this game. So, um, yeah, this this locker room is going to have to show tremendous leadership and, and, and get back out there with a kind of focus they showed last year by winning at Oklahoma. Uh, Fitz, from what you've seen and studied up on UCF, so you mentioned Treshawn Ward. If the run game is limited, feels like a game they might need to throw the ball. We think they can do that, whether it's Will Howard or Avery Johnson. What have you seen from UCF as far as defensively? Is that a good matchup for K-State if they do need to throw it around maybe a little more than normal? Uh, it could be. You know, the the issue with UCF is what we've seen – Troy and Missouri do is really pressure that line of scrimmage, try to limit the operating time and the decision-making time, and that becomes even more profound with a freshman quarterback. Um, and I'm sure, you know, from watching what UCF has done this season, they'll follow suit. They, they're an aggressive defense that flies around, very athletic. Um, you know, they've been recruiting out of Florida, so they got the dudes. There's no doubt about it. Uh, maybe a little bit less disciplined. Tackling might not be quite the same level as uh, you know, what they might prefer to have. So uh, I, I'm not convinced they're going to have to air it out. I think the quarterback run game, as Bill Snyder always said, is the great equalizer. You, you, you're not playing 10 on 11 after the quarterback hands the ball off. You're 11 on 11. Uh, so uh, we'll we'll see if that's the, the route they want to go. I think it might actually be a concern if Will Howard comes back and isn't very mobile. It might be a difficult transition for him to, you know, try to stand in a pocket and, and just throw it without being very mobile at all. I want to dial in on UCF a little bit more here, Fitz. I, I heard the uh, the coach at BYU uh, earlier this week make a comment in relation to their game against <clears throat> Kansas this weekend where he said that uh, you only get one first game in a new conference. And so that's going to be the same way with UCF and Gus Malzahn's yeah. crew in Manhattan. And, and this is an opportunity for UCF to make a big statement. And, and I think that a yep. lot of folks uh, would, would have said coming into this season that out of the four newcomers in the Big 12, UCF probably was the most talented out of the four. They've got the opportunity in their very first Big 12 game ever to go into Manhattan and take down the defending champs. So clearly, you know, there's that added motivation from UCF and, and really uh, to prove themselves that they're worthy to be in this conference and all of that. So knowing that, you know, what sort of steps does Kansas State have to take to, you know, try to make sure that they, you mentioned the word disciplined, make sure that they are disciplined, make sure that they, they, you know, don't let that statement come true that UCF wants to make. Yeah. I mean, they, they are highly motivated and Gus Malzahn, you know, coached Auburn when they played at Manhattan. And so he's been here, he's seen the environment, he knows what they're getting into. You know, I, I really think this is a game the fans can influence because, Maybe outside of going to Cincinnati, um, UCF just hasn't seen these kind of environments that they'll experience around the Big 12 on a regular basis in the Americans. So um, I'm excited to see how K-State responds to that loss. And if you're K-State, you can't try to get out of your character. You need to get back out there, line up, and, and get, you know, with your pass rush, you know, become disruptive, try to contain the quarterback, try to make this about football and not emotion. I think they lost last week because the other team was better emotionally prepared. Um, preparing on emotions is a double-edged sword. You can act, hit the right notes, absolutely hit the right notes. I think Missouri did. 
or you can just totally muff it and the team doesn't respond. And, uh, you know, Chris Kleiman's a guy that prepares his team on X's and O's and those type of things. So we'll see if K-State responds. I just love the fact that, you know, look, we've got four new teams in this conference. Two of them, Houston, Cincinnati, don't seem overly competitive this year, you know, as is some, you know, existing teams in the Big 12. But you're right, BYU and UCF are the two main contenders that be disruptive in this conference this year. And they're both coming to the state of Kansas for their first Big 12 games. I think that's pretty cool, and it's going to be a great day of football in the state. I, I think it's going to be a great day of football, too. Kleiman always said, you know, he says, don't let Missouri beat you twice. Um, what, what, is, what is the outcome this weekend, Fitz, that gets you all warm and fuzzy again about K-State football? Uh, what what needs to happen in this game? Is it a big margin of victory? Is it just a victory period? Like what what would it take to, you know, resurrect? I guess the the feeling we had about K State going into that Missouri game. Yeah, if they can get back to the things that they've proven to be really good at, and the things that carried them, you know, through um, last year to the championship, which is an extremely physical and dominating offensive line, they haven't had that. They've been shuffling guys around to make up for the Christian Duffy injury. They'll be back part-time in this game, so that should help. Uh, does it settle them in to you know, what they've done in the past? We're going to find out. They've got to be better along the offensive line. And defensively, they've been so good at safety and in the back end, and that completely collapsed at Missouri. Um, so they're going to have to come back and, and you know address that and make sure they're much more assignment and fundamentally sound than they were at Missouri. It just completely collapsed. It was I haven't seen anything really like that from a Chris Kleiman team. And so that needs to be corrected. But if case taken, you know, look, just win, baby. Uh, that's that's the bottom line. But if they can get a double-digit win, a two-score win uh, against a really good UCF team, I think this will kind of put K-State right back on track, going to visit an Oklahoma State program that is in free fall. Um, a lot of rumors coming out of Stillwater about what a mess it is. And then an off week before you go to – uh, or excuse me, another did an extra Saturday off before you go to uh, Texas Tech the next week. So this is an important stretch for K State. If you blow a home game leading into two road games, uh, you're, you're setting yourself up for some real trouble. Fitz, taking a look at the conference in general, uh, how disappointed are you in the Big Twelve overall uh, outside of the two teams leaving the conference after this season, Texas and OU? Well, I, first of all, I'm not sold on OU yet. They haven't played anyone. They they just, you know, because they had Georgia on their schedule and they had to come off, and uh, it's been a you know non-conference with no P5s. They opened with Cincinnati and Iowa State. Uh, they're not going to have a test till Game Six, um, and and nobody talks about that strength of schedule. Texas, I think you know, is clearly the best team, but. Are, how good are they? I mean, we all love the win in Alabama. That was impressive. And then Alabama turns around and struggles with South Florida. What's going on with Alabama? Is that really as great a win as we thought? Or is, you know, Alabama just not very good this year? Uh, look, this conference is not good this, this time around. And that's just kind of the way things cycle through. But as we mentioned, you know, there's huge issues at both Oklahoma State and Iowa State. And, and then play uh, this weekend at Ames in a game in which all viewers will be given bleach they can pour it in their eyes. Um, I, 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 uh, I, I, I want to watch this game in the same way you slow down for the car wreck in the, on the highway. 
uh, to, to give a good look. It's it's gonna there's some bad teams in this conference, guys. Both KU and K State are set up for tremendous success this season in the conference if they get through these home challenges from good newcomers to the conference this weekend. Uh, you know, then then they start picking off some of these games that are very winnable. It's been a long time in the Big Twelve since you had multiple winnable games on your conference schedule. Just because teams are that bad, um, and and that's facing this conference. There's a lot of wins laying out there. I mean, between Houston and West Virginia and Cincinnati and Iowa State and Oklahoma State and maybe Baylor being in that classification, guys, this isn't a very good football conference this year. And after beating our chest about how good the Big 12's been, we got to be re- realistic here. This conference kind of stinks this season. I I agree with that. I mean, let it let, now that now that they got their new TV deal and. You know, yeah, Prime's right. coming in next year. Like, it's okay. Now we're like, yeah, yeah, you know what? We're not we're not having a really good year. And it's actually a pretty bad year. Uh, but that's okay. It doesn't matter anymore, you know, long-term. And, and maybe it is an opportunity for K-State and KU. You, you know, that winnable game thing, there's something to it. And it makes me really curious. Not, not so much about K-State. Look, I think K-State's going to be fine. But about KU and, you know, we were kind of talking, could they get to middle of the pack? Now it, like... I, I do think for your neighbors there in Lawrence, like, can they finish top three? Can they finish, you know, that that seems like it might be on the table the way that they've played this year. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, we were wondering could they be top seven in the upper half, and now I think they, they really could be top five or higher. Uh, we'll see how the season plays out. Uh, again, I come back to this. I want to see <clears throat> what Oklahoma's like when they start playing better competition. Because uh, we saw it last year, it, it came when K State showed up, uh, but it's going to be a little bit later this season with, uh, you know, the the way the schedule fell for Oklahoma. They've got one of the easiest schedules in in Power Five football this year. Uh, they better win nine games. If they can't win nine games on this schedule, it's a mess. So, um, yeah, I, I think this is a huge opportunity, particularly for Kansas. This is a good KU football team, and I am worried zero percent. <clears throat> excuse me, about what happened last week in Nevada. They got the win, man. They got out of there. Uh, you know, they overcame circumstances. They got into a tussle they didn't expect, and they found a way to win. Um, and so just move on from that and try to get the win this week. And if they do, I, I think we're going to really see, um, you know, both teams with home wins, you know, kind of go on a roll here and, and start playing like real contenders in this conference because, you know, last week they did not look like real contenders. Uh well that's interesting one one more quick one here Fitz yeah there there are rumors uh, you know Mel Tucker's gone and I think we're gonna see you know one prime rumored for every job but two that you know Bruce Feldman put Leipold and Kleiman as candidates here do you think either of those guys would be candidates for Michigan State I I don't know why Kleiman would do it maybe Leipold but I don't know. That's an interesting one. It is Big Ten, Big Ten money, big time program. What do you think about any of those potential rumblings? I, I don't think either coach wants to walk into that kind of circumstance um, with, with everything going on up there. When they both have things going in their current jobs, the climate said, you know, he signed this new contract to, you know, be a K State to the end of his career. And I believe him. I, 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 I do too. He's an honest man. And, and, and Lance Leipold, look. On paper, it's easy to say, oh, Michigan State's a better job. Is it? Uh, you know, really, is it? And with what yeah, I mean, he's doing more. right now at Kansas, uh, it pays more. And if that's what motivates you, go get it. Uh, but I don't want to hear coaches complain about the NIL and the bidding process, the NIL, when 
uh, they're out doing the same thing for coaching jobs. Uh, right. I don't think either one of these coaches is solely motivated by money. Let's put it that way. I don't think that's the biggest factor that faces them. Uh, feeling like they're at the right place at the right time is important to them, and they both are. Um, and I, I think uh, uh, there there will be plenty of Big 12 coaches available. They can have Mike Gundy, uh, Matt Campbell. He'll be available uh, maybe. Uh, Neil Brown. Dana Hogerson, great candidates for Michigan State. Go ahead and swoop in and take one of those guys. All right, Fitz. What, what do you guys have at Go Power Cat for us here ahead of this UCF game? Uh, guys, I actually worked hard yesterday and got a lot done, what? and it was remarkable. My dogs were shocked. Uh, the pregame podcast is up. Our, our Friday walkthrough podcast will drop, and it's already uh, set and ready to go for tomorrow morning. We've got our regular podcast that went up earlier this week. Daily delivery on my thoughts on everything going on with Coach Prime. And uh, tomorrow I've got some interesting thoughts on more highway construction. Uh, it's We're having fun covering K-State sports, and uh, I'm glad to be home after that home or that road loss to Missouri. It's going to be fun to watch the crowd at the bill, but, boy, it's going to be a long haul before they – get to see another home game after an off week and two road games. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, get it in while you can. If you can't make it up, you can, of course, hear the game right here on KFH. Check out Fitz's work at GoPowerCat.com. You can follow him on social media at Life of Fitz. Let's do this again next week, Fitz. Love you, boys. Great to talk to you. There goes Tim Fitzgerald. If you missed any of that, if you're joining us late, you can always go back and listen for free on the Odyssey app. KFHradio.com has you covered there. Tommy and I will be back. That IHOP hotline will open back up. We've got another giveaway coming later in the show, some hockey tickets, some HTO, so be sure to keep an opportunity open to win those. You can leave us your comments on our video streams as well, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch. Uh, Gary did not like the Taylor Swift talk. Come on, Gary. It's okay. It's a joke. It's a joke, everybody. We really aren't going to spend just tons of time on that stuff, but we are going to have fun and joke about it, so hopefully you can stick with us. Uh, All right, let's come back. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Caster here. More Sports Daily right after this. All right, welcome back in Sports Daily here on KFH. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Caster. Uh, Tommy won't have a ton of time tomorrow to talk Chiefs Bears. We got a little of that in off the top, a little bit with Chelsea, uh, and then this week. You know, I don't know if there's anything we need to see from the Chiefs out of that game. In the NFL, it just you get the wins and you feel pretty good about them. Um, I mean, do they need to win big for you? I, I don't really care. I know it's back home. I just, I, I'm telling you, I've got this like nagging feeling in my head that Fields is going to run and it's going to frustrate, you know, the the defense and fans a little bit. Like, ah, just stop it, and it's going to just make it a little more uneasy than it might normally in this game. I want to see the offense unlocked a little bit. I mean, I mentioned it yeah, earlier this I guess week that that as of right now, the Chiefs are averaging 18 and a half points a game through the first two. That's not enough if you want to be a playoff-bound team if you want to repeat as Super Bowl champions. So I want to see the the offense come to life a little bit against a Bears defense that is clearly reeling. This is an opportunity for the Chiefs offense to get right. So for me, it's actually less about the margin of victory for Kansas City, and it's more about 
can we start to see some positive uh, sustained rhythm type drives offensively for Kansas City where they're able to end it in a score. It was concerning to me. And I don't know if we've really talked about this much, and I don't know if it was concerning to you, but it was concerning to me that the second half of the Lions game and the first half all the way up with like a, until a minute to go in the first half of the Jags game, the Chiefs couldn't get into the end zone. I mean, that was almost a full game of not being able to score a touchdown. That was concerning through the first two games of the season. And so they got to do better offensively than that. Uh, of course, they, you know, that wide receiver room has been much maligned early on this season. They had a reluctance to run the football last week against Jacksonville. There are clearly some things that they're working on offensively, and I want to see that start to bear fruit this weekend. You know, it's a good point because I guess I just keep assuming things are going to be fine and will be good and better and so I, it hasn't concerned me yet, but this is probably the week where if we see the offense, you know, slog through it, that I would begin to become a little bit concerned. It's the NFL is so hard because it really is like four seasons long. Like what we're seeing now is not going to be good or bad is not necessarily going to be what we see in week 12. Right. So, but this is by far the best opportunity for them to go Chiefs mode on it. That's why I kind of like the over in this game, right? Because I do think the Bears are going to be able to move it around with fields on the ground. And the Chiefs ought to be able to flex on the Bears. I mean, that's that's it. I I don't know what it, it – but the Pacheco injury is a little bit weird, and I guess we got to see that. I I don't know. Everyone keeps asking, like, do you think you need to be more balanced? Do you think you need to run the ball? And I'm like, guys, like, that's never happened before. Like, since Kareem Hunt was in Kansas City, I don't think they have any designs or intent to run the ball. That's not what they want to do. It is what it is. You might think that's what they want to do, but I would counter that with, again, the same thing I've been saying all offseason, Tommy. I don't think Isaiah Pacheco is going to hold up, especially if he's running it 20 times a game. So they're going to have to just throw the ball around and you know another week with the young receivers should mean another week of progress right and getting on the same page with Mahomes. yeah I've been really really reluctant to bring this up and say this and and I don't believe it's true right now but if they struggle against the Bears offensively I think it's I think it's getting closer to a time to talk about does the Chiefs offense miss Eric Bieniemy? Um, oh, and, I, I, I thought about that at last week because I think it's a fair yeah. question. As much as we always said, well, it's really Andy Reid, not Eric right. Bieniemy, right? And then look, look what that Commanders offense did in their comeback against the Broncos last week to win that game. I mean, if if yeah, and and Bieniemy through the first couple of weeks has turned Sam Howell into a viable quarterback in the NFL, right? And so if if that keeps up for Eric Bieniemy in Washington, and he still doesn't get an NFL head coaching job. Man, I don't know what else the guy has to prove. Uh, and, you know, so you see what they've done in Washington offensively through the first couple of weeks. And then you see kind of this struggle, the personnel, uh, you know, especially catching the football. They've struggled. Travis Kelsey's been injured. The Chiefs are kind of slogging through offensively through the first couple of weeks. I've thought about it. I haven't wanted to bring it up. I think if they struggle this weekend, it's time to have that conversation about how much they miss the enemy. I do too. I, I think you can have it now, and and it's a tip of the cap to be enemy who certainly deserves that, you know, hat tip. Like through two weeks, I think it's pretty clear what his impact has been. Right? Like, don't you? Like, it. He was 
important for this offense, and that continuity was important and good for him because it's what he's battled, right? Like, what have we said all along? If he goes to Washington and does well with that offense, he's going to get a head coaching job. Like, that'll be yeah. the final thing. Now we can see it twofold a little bit as you're a team, like, wondering about and considering the Bears, right? Let's say the Bears suck, and they're the worst team in football again this year. Time to move on from Justin Fields? Yes. Eric Bieniemy's going to be, uh, you know, right there for you. Caleb Williams, like you know, it's so good for Bieniemy, yeah. and I do think it matters. Now, was he designing all the plays and doing? I don't know, but it doesn't matter because when he was there, the offense reinvented itself last year and has reinvented. How many times has the offense reinvented itself with Bieniemy? At least twice when he was yeah. in Kansas City, right? Now he's gone. And they're not there yet. Do they get there? We'll see. Yes, again, I think that they will. But this is the as a as a you know, I, I thought about this as I was watching that Jags game. I was like, man, what this is awesome for Eric Bieniemy. Not you know, not rooting for the Chiefs to struggle offensively or anything like that. But all the things that he's had to battle trying to get a head coaching job, and that's the one we think is is the most you know difficult for him to overcome is being an Andy Reid shadow. Well, he's out of it. And his Washington team with a unproven quarterbacks looked okay, right? And the Chiefs mm -hmm. have struggled. Yeah, and look, I think that that becomes the potential trap for the game this weekend against the Bears. Do I think that more than likely the Chiefs are going to get right and win the game and probably win it going away? Yeah, I mean, I think I probably believe that. But the trap is, okay, so offensively, Let's say they continue to slog along and they're still not getting it right the way that they need to. Also, Justin Fields, I think, feels some desperation. I think the Bears coaching staff feels some desperation and they start to let him run wild. And the Chiefs defense, you know, while they've looked good in the first couple of weeks, you're now dealing with a quarterback that can potentially run all over the place. So if those two things happen, that's where the trap comes in. I think it's unlikely. But that's really where I would be a little bit reluctant on this game because I do think that there is a path to a little bit of a trap. Yeah, I do too. And and the reason that I think everybody is loving the Chiefs to cover this spread, I'm seeing it as a favorite bet in a lot of places. It, it's because of their defense. I mean, it's doesn't because this they feel, think their though, defense can... I mean, I mentioned it to Chelsea. Doesn't it feel a little bit, though, like this is a game that everybody throws all their money on the Chiefs and then Vegas yeah. just cleans up? Absolutely. The Chiefs have not historically been a good covering team. Yeah. I mean, I, I, it's it's just the way it is. Like, and, and it's, I will, I will, I don't know what I'll do with it yet. I, I, again, I think that over is my play. Well, let me take that back. My play is a field, is all the field's rushing props. Again, that's, that's the play for me on that game. 13 and a half. I don't ever like 13 and a half. Look at what happened with the, the Cardinals last week. Look at what's happened with them yeah. twice now. Like, it's hard to identify what team is going to get blown out. I mean, it has to be, like, the, the circumstances have to be so perfect for that to happen. And then weird stuff happens. Are you really going to lay 13 and a half for a team that was penalized the way it was no. last week that continues no. to turn the ball over? That's the kind of stuff that keeps bad teams around. And all of this noise surrounding the Bears organization throughout the week, it's a perfect opportunity for those players to come together, shut the noise out, and rally around each other. 
and I, again, the, from from a, from a talent perspective, the Chiefs are head and shoulders better than the Bears are. But you know, it, it, weird things happen in situations like that. As far as betting is concerned, no, I'm not going to lay 13 and a half for Kansas City. And I think that as I'm actually betting this game, I've actually kind of thought about it. What I might do is actually pair it with another game and then try to tease it both down. You know, because you can do that when you're adding multiple games, like in a parlay. I may try to do like two games and then tease the spread down to maybe like just under a touchdown. Like I'm a lot more comfortable betting the Chiefs minus six and a half than I would be betting the Chiefs minus 13 and a half, clearly. So I might find another game that I can tease down also. I'm not going to get as good of odds, obviously, but I feel a lot more comfortable doing that than laying at such a big number for Kansas City. Yeah, it it, it there's something there. We're, we're both sensing it a little bit. Like there's something there. Um that's kind of messing with us a little bit. So we'll see. Look, it's a game the Chiefs need to win. Like, first and foremost, win it. Look good offensively. We'll see what happens. And I, and I think, too, like, clean up the the penalties and stuff. That Those are also things you want to see. Can they quickly do that, right? Like, how quickly can penalties and undisciplined play be erased? I think with a team like the Chiefs, pretty quickly. Uh, more from yesterday, Patrick Mahomes talked for the first time, talked about his contract. Uh, let's let's take it there now, Tommy. I, I think that Patrick Mahomes tells us without telling us how much he wants to be team-friendly and make sure the Chiefs have the room to go bring in great players and retain great players. And, and he, has, he just has to toe this line of and continue to set the market for the peers. I, I can't remember a bigger trust factor between player and organization I mean, he, and he talked about it, just like we know we're going to just, you know, go back to the table in a few years and I can trust them when they tell me that and, you know, whatever. It, it is so unique to have what the Chiefs have in him because I he is going to just like it's almost like Brett Veach, like, OK, each time we do this, we got to make me the highest paid guy because I do need to move the market forward. But at the same time, like, how does this need to look in order to help us the best it can look, knowing that I need to make, you know, like a penny more than the guy before me. It's unique in that situation. But then, of course, it's also unique in the fact that Mahomes is a transcendent athlete and, and you know, player and the value. I mean, Clark Hunt has talked about how regardless, you know, what he does, he's still going to be underpaid. So if he was a just a great quarterback and not, you know, potentially the best ever, it might be a little bit different. But, I mean, he's the best ever. And so, of course, the Chiefs know the value that he brings to their organization overall. And so they're going to be more willing to work with him in that way because they literally and genuinely cannot afford to lose him. And so they're going to do what they need to do. But then also Mahomes knows he knows that. I mean, it's kind of like that unspoken thing, right? Where like he knows the value that he's worth, but then he also recognizes the importance of working within the confines of the team. And so it's unique in a lot of different ways. I, I agree with you. I don't, I've not really seen a relationship quite like this before. And it's definitely one that, you know, will continue. And there was some speculation I saw on social media from a few different people saying like, all right, well, this new deal, they can come back to the table in 2026. And does that effectively shorten the deal for Patrick? Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers over 
overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Holmes, and could he be a free agent and go out? He's not going anywhere else. He's a chief. And they're, no, they're working together to? to do that, right? You know, so I, I completely take that off the table because they've got such a great and mutually beneficial relationship. Yeah, it is. And and he makes the most money, by the way, being a chief and holding that. Like, the Tom Brady situation is, you know, I don't know, what, 15 years away from being a reality or possibility for Patrick Mahomes just because who knows that far into the future. But, no, his value both on and off the field, is absolutely the highest as a chief. Yeah. He's a minority owner of two sports franchises in Kansas City. Like, he's, you know, it's, he need, he's going to be there for a while. All right, 869-1240. Uh, Zach Grinky, you heard some of that from Ted Woodward. We'll talk about Grinky as we continue here on Sports Daily. Uh, was that his last start, Tommy? We're, there's like 10 games left of the season, and it's very stressful. Uh, for me personally with the American League race right now. We'll come back. We'll talk a little Grinky next on Sports Daily. All right, Tommy. A little baseball. Jake Bobrock, Tommy Caster here with you on Sports Daily. Zach Grinky got the start last night. Could be his last home start. I think there's some chatter that maybe it's his last start in general. I don't know how anybody tries to predict the future with Zach Grinky. Um, he's just so, you know, quite frankly, unpredictable um, in in what it is that he is going to do. But it's been an unreal career for Grinky, and I for three years now I've just been. I think he's a Hall of Famer. I mean, I think he's a Hall of Famer. I think he's the best pitcher that the Royals have ever developed. Um, I hope he gets in. Like, baseball should remember him. He's such a unique character. And, and you know, I, I just, I think his career deserves to be celebrated that way. Yeah, I mean, he's one of the most unique characters, I think, in baseball. And I love the way that his story has developed over time. Coming up through Kansas City, uh, playing for the Royals, winning a Cy Young, but really keeping the fans at an arm's length and, you know, really kind of, you know, not the most personable guy, awkward guy, all of that. Then he leaves, you know, he goes elsewhere, 
He is part of championship teams, you know, is a great pitcher for a number of different organizations and then kind of comes home like the prodigal son returning back to Kansas City where it all started and just the way the fans have embraced him and they embraced him before. But really, even now, as one of the elder statesmen of the game, I love Zach Greinke. I love what he's done throughout the course of his career and even like the last few years when he was with the Astros and then coming back to the Royals, reinventing himself, you know, knew that he was losing velocity, but really changing up his pitches to be more of a creative type pitcher. Uh, I, I love him. I hope that he's not done. I hope that he comes back. I don't want to see him leave uh, and the, his final year be with a team this bad in Kansas City. So I'd love to see him back for another year, but time will tell if he actually stays or not. Well, it does. That's the sort of the interesting part of the equation, right? Like he's not going to be able to come back and help every team across baseball. Probably not a contender, right? Like the only chance for him to contend is, I think, with the Royals. But he's also like the things that he said, and I haven't paid as close attention to like his post game remarks this year, admittedly. But I've always had the indication like he just enjoys this. He's enjoyed being yeah. back in Kansas City. He enjoys being around the young pitchers. Again, he's he's wired in a unique way that I think it's silly to ever try to assume what Zach Grinke's thinking. Maybe right. he doesn't care at all that they've been in this rebuild. Maybe he just enjoys himself. Maybe he has no designs on retiring. Um, it, it is it's a it, it's a really cool story to follow if he is done. Put him in Cooperstown. I think he absolutely deserves it. And when we're, no, we're not in the middle of the football season, we can go through the credentials, and I can tell you why I think he deserves it in the modern era. Um, and, and if he comes back, heck yeah. Why not? It's awesome. It's not like the Royals are going to find five guys better than him to put in the rotation. Yeah, and I don't know how many other pitchers right now have had the kind of longevity with the amount of success that Zach Grinke has had. Uh, over the course of his career, I mean, I'm you know thinking of like Justin Verlander, Max Scherzer. Um, as far as longevity is concerned, it's probably those three. You know, Garrett Cole came in a few years later. I'm trying to think of anybody else, but really, I think it's what Grinky and Verlander, uh, maybe Clayton Kershaw. Like those are probably oh, yeah. the guys right now that Kershaw's have the kind awesome. of longevity uh, and just the long sustained success in their career. And, you know, Grinky doesn't get, I don't feel like, the kind of props that those other guys have gotten throughout the course of their careers. And, and you know, Grinky's a Cy Young winner and, and all of that. Um, and, and he has made teams significantly better when he's been on their roster. Well, look, listen, we gotta, we've got to change the framework and rewire our brains on what is a Hall of Fame pitcher, right? Yeah. It, it, because it just, it's, it's not the same as it used to be. I would... I would say I agree with those names uh, on you know on the pitching, Verlander, Kershaw, Scherzer, and then Grinky. I, I think Grinky's yeah. right there, and those other guys would be ahead, right? Like they'd be ahead of him in that, you know, in that world. But Tommy, like I think that's it for anybody in consideration right now. And that's hard. I, I don't know if Garrett Cole is going to get there. He could. But it, it's just like there's no way to I, – I don't know what the benchmarks are now, right? Like I don't know – I mean you can take war, which will be helpful, right? And that's going to be something that helps, you know, when we can't look at wins and we can't look at strikeouts and we can't look at all the same things because guys just don't pitch the same way anymore. 
Grinky's got to be a part of that group because you have to be celebrating baseball players. I've said this forever about the Hall of Fame. You don't want to be so exclusive that you're not celebrating the greatest players of a generation. And yeah, there needs there's four guys of a generation that need to be in the Hall of Fame. Like who are the best pitchers of this generation? So I don't really care what their numbers are as much because it's impossible to compare generationally. So don't do that. Just compare versus peers, right? I'm of the belief that there always are Hall of Famers playing because the Hall of Fame is designed to celebrate the sport, and you can't just pretend like years don't happen. And, you know, it used to be much more commonplace for pitchers to pitch for close to 20 years, if not longer, you know, and win 200, 250, 300 games and strike out a ton of batters. Like, that doesn't quite happen like it used to. And those four guys that we've identified – they're they're more and more of a rare breed like you know the just the the longevity that they've had with the success they've had over the course of their careers I think that's where you can compare them a little bit to generations before because it just doesn't happen like it used to and so absolutely celebrate the pitchers that have the longevity in their careers it is look guys weren't throwing 100 miles an hour very often either. So you've got arm injuries now in play. All of these things make it impossible to compare. It just does. Zach Greinke needs to be in the Hall of Fame as one of the great pitchers of the last 20 years, along with, you know, behind, yes, behind Verlander, Scherzer, and Kershaw, but still in, still there. And for the Royals, put a statue up. Like, he deserves to be as celebrated as any Royal ever. I mean, you could... It, it's going to go, in my mind, Tommy, and, and again, I'm not a, like a lifelong Royals fan, but George Brett, Zach Grinke, and Salvador Perez, probably. Like, that, you know, that's the three for me, I think, that, that, that you know, that the team could, you would want to have be a part of, like, the celebration of all-time greats in the organization. They'd certainly be on the Mount Rushmore for the organization, uh, and, there, and there are some others that would be in there, too, but that, Grinke's right there. He just is. And it's a shame he didn't have opportunities with the Royals to, you know, win World Series and do all that stuff like Verlander and, you know, Kershaw and, and Scherzer have. But that's okay. Put him in. 869-1240 on the way here to our final break. Let's give away some hockey tickets and some iced tea. The Wichita Thunder home opener coming up here very quickly, Tommy. It is October 20th. We'll give away a pair of tickets there and a pair of free iced tea cards available from HTO Wichita West, East, or now in Derby. Jad will get us a winner. We'll wrap up after this. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Increase your vehicle's performance and gas mileage with Lucas Fuel Treatment at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Simply add it to your tank at your next fill-up to eliminate... We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? 
Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.